Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello and thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Richard Maricut, where my goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. Uh, for today's first episode, I'm pretty excited. I'd like to talk about how I got started in, in improving my financial literacy. You know, I believe if you're listening to this podcast, you're either um, either started to take your finances more seriously or you've thought about it, not really quite sure where to start. Um, so I hope that this series will help educate you on some various financial topics. Um, I'm also looking on bringing on some guests, friends, family, those that I've seen uh, improve their own financial situation by improving their own financial uh, literacy as well. Um, so a little bit about myself, um, you know, at the time of this recording, I'm 43 years old, uh, father of three, um, like most people, you know, you probably grew up hearing about investing, you, you know, in my case, I remember very early in my teenage years where my father, who was at the time was in the military, in the Navy, um, often would say, you know, pay yourself first. Uh, didn't really quite understand that concept um, at that age. Um, looking back at it now, I wish I would have probably asked more questions about what that really meant. Um, but, uh, you know, my financial journey, I would say, is, is primarily contributed to um, just monitoring uh, myself, um, understanding very early how the importance of credit plays into financial well-being, but I remember at the very early age, again, my dad being in the Navy, um, you know, he would also um, read a lot of books about self-improvement, ways to make money, and, you know, by by any other definition, my dad was probably definitely a, a hustler. Um, you know, when we talk about side hustles today, you know, looking back at it, you know, back in the 80s, early 90s uh, my dad definitely was one to to have many side hustles while in the while in the navy i remember him you know selling encyclopedias from selling vacuum cleaners um you know doing side jobs after after his military time or his navy time um but i would always see him trying to educate himself by reading books i mean I, I can't count how many books he had, but I remember, you know, him having a chest full of various books and topics. Um, again, things from how to make money to uh, self-improvement, uh, psychology type of books. Um, you know, I, I can't say, you know, really recall ever reading any of them, but I do, you know, remember vividly that um, he took an interest in trying to... Um, self-improve, self-educate, you know, and so when, you know, when I, when I was in my twenties, you know, coming out of high school, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
you know, I didn't follow a traditional path of going into college. Um, I just wasn't an individual who felt that, you know, college was for me. So, you know, I went straight into the workforce. Uh, one of my first jobs was a auto body technician. Um, so I went from, from high school to, to the shop and started working on cars. Um, didn't really enjoy that much. Um, you know, I love doing it on the side, but for, for a full-time job, just never really excited me being in the, the hot garage. And, uh, you know, again, it brings me back to, to something my dad would always say is, you know, two ways you can make money. Either you got to have a strong mind or you have to have a strong back, you know, and the strong back meaning the manual labor. So, um, you know, so again, I went down the, the, the traditional path of just getting into the workforce. Um, I did make some attempts to, uh, step into local community college, but again, it just, there were just something about the, the focus of it and the courses that were required that I just couldn't associate with, um, what I needed to do day to day. Right. Um, and so, um, sticking to the workforce, I just, you know, wanted to make sure that I was generating money. Um, and even at an early age, I, I remember, you know, in my twenties, you know, my friends and I were trying to make side money through, through a couple of different ways, whether it be car audio instant installation, computer repair, airbrushing, um, labor work, you know, mowing lawns, uh, I was always trying to make extra money. But looking back at it, I would, you know, I would say now that making the money was just to be able to spend it as soon as I got it. It wasn't really about um, putting it away or saving it or investing it. Uh, that didn't really hit me until um, really my, my early 30s. Um, you know, one of the, the missed opportunities that I had was that uh, when I first started working for a uh, banking company, I didn't take advantage of really take advantage of the 401k that was offered like I probably should have. Um, you know, like most new people into the workforce, you sign um, certain contribution to a 401k because you're basically told that's the thing to do. But no one really helps educate you on what a 401k actually is. So I knew that money was going towards it, but didn't really understand the concept of it. Um, didn't understand the, the, the tax implications of it or um, even how that could generate more money for me into the future. And I think that's how most of us, you know, start our, our career, right? Where we're told uh, typically by family or friends how to manage money or the absence of, of managing money. Right. And, um, so for me, you know, I was investing in 401k or contributing, I should say for, into a 401k. Um, and my first experience of, you know, kind of understanding or taking it seriously was when, you know, we had a financial ad advisor firm come into our job and did a presentation. And, um, you know, I was hooked with that presentation, uh, meaning that, I found it interesting to understand how the money works. And, and I would say that, 
you know, again, this was in my early 30s um, that uh, the first time someone was able to speak and translate the importance of putting money away, protecting your assets. And so, you know, that was my first experience with signing up with a financial advisor. And, um, you know, I think that was a great experience for, for someone who doesn't know where to start. I definitely think that um, seeking the professional experience to help educate and guide is, uh, is very important, right? Um, you know, typically family and friends, if they don't have the same uh, goals as you, um, aren't going to have the, the knowledge necessarily to help you on your path, right? Um, so meaning that if your, your, your parents or your friends are not millionaires themselves and you want to become a millionaire, um, it's going to be hard for you to get the, the guidance to be, to achieve that goal, right? So where I found the, the best use of the financial advisor was, was really on the education part. So it kind of forced me to, um, understand how my money, um, not only can make more money, but also changing my. Uh, behaviors very early and putting money away and it kind of goes back to my point that I made earlier about you know my dad saying pay yourself first you know it wasn't until I got a financial advisor that I really started to pay myself first meaning with every paycheck I would allocate a certain amount of my paycheck to um, to put away towards my financial advisor and at that time, that came in a couple of different forms. Um, you know, I had um, a Roth IRA uh, established, um, and then I also set up a term life insurance um, for myself and, and also to protect my assets. I understood, you know, other options like um, umbrella policies, you know, you know, those type of things I wouldn't have picked up in normal conversations with family and friends. And I would say that was kind of the beginning, right? So uh, getting that professional support really allowed me to understand and become more disciplined about my money. And at that point, I would say that a lot of my aspects and, and views on money started to change, right? Um, because I started to now see the money that I was putting away was growing without me having to do much. Um, you know, so I would meet with my advisor, you know, once a quarter, we would review my portfolio, you know, talk about some of, uh, you know, what's happening in the financial uh, industry, understanding, you know, the economy of the U S and how that impacts my portfolio. And, um, you know, again, the, the biggest thing that I would say is that, um, it, it started to open my eyes on the importance of making intentional changes when it comes to your money or else you, you end up kind of going through the motions of earning money just to spend it. And, um, again, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, uh, either still experiencing that, or that's probably been a makeup of your, your entire life, right? You, you make more money than your, your lifestyle adapts to, um, that increase in money. So, you know, it, it's great to reward yourself, um, with, with accomplishments, but that's what oftentimes keeps us, um, living paycheck to paycheck, right? You, you get a promotion. As soon as you get that, that bump in pay, you automatically change your lifestyle. And now, 
um, you're, you no longer see that, that benefit of that increase. Um, so, you know, one of the things, again, what I'd like to do is, you know, again, use this, these episodes to highlight, you know, my continued journey as well. Um, last year with COVID impact that, um, all of us experienced, I think we all kind of got that rude awakening on, um, you know, what if your, your primary job, your primary nine to five job is impacted, you know, do you have enough savings? Do you have an emergency fund? Um, you know, that those type of thoughts sparked conversations with friends and I, and kind of forced us to look at how we can, um, get into other, uh, streams of income outside of your, your core job, right? Um, not only from a, from a protection standpoint, but I think one thing that COVID showed us is that many of us have untapped talents, uh, things that can generate additional, uh, sources of income. Um, but we've never been forced to tap into that. Right. And, and I think for a lot of people last year, those that may have been impacted with the loss of their job because of, um, the impact that COVID had on, on the job, uh, on the jobs in the U S for example, had to look at creating income through other means. And I think that some of the entrepreneurial spirits started to really emerge, which has been great to see. Um, I would say that in the last 18 months in particular, I've seen a lot of, you know, friends of mine, um, start small ventures. Some started to become full-time, uh, opportunities and some are still trying to, uh, figure out if that's the path that they want to take. Regardless of that, I think that the, the thought and the confidence that, that was built, um, is a great thing to see. Um, so for myself, you know, it, it had a similar effect. Um, the, the conversations about finances that I started to have with some family and friends, um, sparked an interest in me to want to help others. And through wanting to help others, it kind of forced me to uh, educate myself on certain topics and kind of took it upon myself to uh, help family and friends that are wanting to learn about different aspects of, of finances. You know, and I'm not a financial advisor um, or certified financial advisor, so I, I'm, I don't give specific financial advice. What I do like to do, however, based on my experience and things that I, I teach myself and learn more about is providing the education on financial topics um, and or through life experiences, um, hopefully can give my audience an opportunity to kind of reflect on their, their own path and then um, be able to seek where, where applicable um, some professional guidance um, to help with their own circumstance. So, you know, in the next few episodes and, um, you know, just to kind of summarize my goal with this behavioral wealth consulting podcast is that, um, I'd like to continue to help others, um, improve their, their financial journey. Um, you know, so again, in the next few episodes, I plan on, uh, inviting some, you know, close friends, family, those that have made a turnaround in improving their own financial situation so you can hear more of the stories. You know, a lot of times it's hard for us to think that we can um, make a change uh, late, in, late in life. 
Um, and, but I'm hoping that my panel of future guests will show you that um, it's never too late. So in closing, um, you know, if you would like more information about the services that I offer, feel free to visit my website at uh, behavioralwealthconsulting.com. Also, if you'd like to hear about a specific topic on future episodes, please email me at behavioralwealthconsulting at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com.